1: that if you are a really great communicator in your email, people are going to open your emails more, like your colleagues and team, they're going to actually read your emails because they can rely on you to not make them think too hard. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life Podcast, where our only priority is providing those aha moments to uplevel your life, health, and happiness. Your host, integrative Dietitian nutritionist Krista Bigler, helps health-conscious women reduce the stress and confusion around food, fatigue, digestive, and skin issues at lessstressnutrition.com.
0: Now onto the show. Do you need to detox? January is really a time where the word detox gets thrown around and people spew all kinds of craziness on both sides of the fence. But here's the thing. We need to show respect where respect is due, my friends. Detox is amazing, and I happen to have a pretty intimate connection and knowledge on what detox looks like and when it is slowed, from waking up with a puffy face or your eyes being swollen or retaining water weight or having skin stuff like acne, eczema, et cetera, pop up or identifying as a sweaty person, not handling alcohol like I did when I was 21, not waking up energized, waking up in the middle of the night, even so some interesting eye symptoms I can trace to my detox systems. So what do you do? Well, thank God this is a podcast and not a Twitter post because it doesn't fit in 140 characters. When people ask me questions like, what do you think of this chlorella supplement or dandelion tea or juice cleanse? I want to sit down and give you the 101 on what's happening inside your body so you know exactly if and what that tea or supplement will or will not help. That's why I'm doing a live detox masterclass on January 8th don't worry, a replay will be available if you register for the live version. In my Detox Masterclass, you'll get the Detox 411 of what's going on on the inside and outside of your body, plus simple shifts you can make to make these systems work better. You'll get how often you should give your body some love on your detox pathways, so your skin, digestion, energy, and just your body in general runs at its absolute best. You'll also get my two-week detox protocol that you can use, then rinse and repeat to affect everything from how much fluid you're retaining to improving sleep and energy to how much you sweat to that bare nose that you have. I've been wanting to do this forever, and we're finally doing it. So... Just go to ChristaBigler.com forward slash detox to take my Do You Need to Detox quiz and register for this jam-packed masterclass. You do not want to miss it. So we'll have this link in the show notes as well, but it's ChristaBigler.com forward slash detox. I'll see you there. All right, today on the Less Stress Life, we're gonna talk about something that is definitely a pain point for my self, and we're talking to a very interesting, lovely lady today. Her name is Dani Sheriff. She's an Australian-born, Austin-based digital illustrator, YouTuber, and podcaster. Her mission is to free up your mental space so you can do real work, not just obsess about your body. She does this by drawing women with real bodies, hosting the HA or Hypothalamic Amenorrhea podcast, which is really a mouthful, isn't it? A podcast <laughs> for women who. Can- Care about getting their periods and creating YouTube videos about it, and I believe she's also the co-host of Adulting Advice, which is another podcast, which is not here. But yes. we're going to learn about Danny because her life is sort of is interesting. Before we get into the strategies here for inbox overwhelm, so welcome, Danny. Thank you. Yes,
1: I need to add Adulting Advice in there. This is going to be a perfect episode considering your show is called Less Stress Life Podcast. And yeah hyperthalamic amenorrhea podcast i always claim is the hardest podcast to say on the internet
0: but I'm proud I think, I, think it. it's, I was just when I knew I needed to say it I'm like I usually just say H A A K A no period. So I'd love to know where these things came from. One, thank you for still having a beautiful accent because I just like love 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 it. It's so I know that may be annoying to you but I think it's so beautiful. Thank you for maintaining that for us here today and You're then welcome. talk talk to us about how like how has life coalesced into what it is now? And so Danny has the freaking coolest, and I think it's under Danny Sheriff on Instagram, but she has the coolest illustrations of women's bodies that are beautiful. So like, where did this start and build out? Because the HA podcast is kind of newer. Mm-hmm. I'm not as familiar. I learned about adulting advice later because I was following you on Instagram. And so tell me like how this stacked up, where this started and how it stacked and because you've got an interesting onion here.
1: Yeah. I think it's fun to share because a lot of people will see how this kind of thing can work for them too. I, for the longest time, considered myself an athlete and I really wanted to look a certain way and fit a certain mold. And to me, you know, that ended up being very focused on my food, very focused on working out a lot. And I just went through this really hard time where I got really sick from doing that. I just, well, really sick. I lost my period and I became very fascinated and focused on getting it back as well as frustrated, upset, and felt really alone and very confused because I thought I was doing everything right, which was like chasing this goal that, so many of us have and are told to have. And I was very confused to find out that like the stress and the under-eating and the over-exercising were causing me health issues, which is very strange. So diving into helping like myself heal that issue led me to this concept of like, oh well, you know, you actually could just not do those things. Like you you could just not obsess about how you look and about like it may be questioned, do I even really want to be an athlete that bad? Like, what is my why? Why am I doing all of this? And I started to really notice myself thinking while I'd be training, oh, I feel like going back to work. Like I want to just get at my desk and start doing these things. I love creating content. It's like, I would love to make a podcast, but I don't have time because I'm too busy at the gym. I would love to get back into drawing, but I don't have the energy. I'm, So tired all the time from everything that I'm doing. So, while basically during that journey, I figured out I don't want to do those things. I want to create space for this, all of this work, all this stuff that I want to make. I'm a creative person. I'm not this other person. And I was holding myself back and I was telling myself that I'm not that person anymore because I thought I had to be on this path so that other people would like me and that I would be worthy of people's love and all of that good stuff. So, Turns out by just like making the change and moving away from obsession, of course, working out and good nutrition are still like really important in my life, but I spend a lot more time doing things that I enjoy, which happens to be creating content, which is why you see I have two podcasts and I draw and I'm on YouTube and I do all this stuff. And it's because that happens to be my sort of unique Zone of genius. I think I can create more things than the average person can on a computer. And that's because that's what I am called to do.
0: Okay. Awesome. I think that
1: answers the question.
0: (laughs) I think it does. I'm wondering what year we're in here when this kind of stuff started, like when you decided, when you went from like athlete to content creator. And you said you went back to it. So it was something from your history anyway. But yeah, what year are we in? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, 2017. Yeah. So just a few years ago. Right. Yeah. And I also wrote down and this came up last night in a conversation I was having with some other women, a group thing where we kind of meet weekly to talk about stuff. And I think this is relevant to us, which is I want to create space for that, not time on what you want to be, because so often it's like, we don't have time. We don't have time. We don't have time, but you don't have to create time. You have to create space for it, which I think is a much more abstract topic, which is sometimes what we need rather than trying to come up with more time. So I appreciated that comment. Okay. So you've got this podcast called Adulting Advice. How long has it been around? Adulting Advice is like
1: maybe two, almost two years old, potentially. But what's important to note is that my friend Hannah and I host that together and we made it a long time ago and it started with one purpose. It's kind of evolved a bit, but the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea podcast is way bigger. Mm-hmm. It's like in terms of listenership, downloads, all of that stuff. And it's way younger, mm-hmm. whereas adulting advice is like just minuscule in comparison. So I kind of realized that when you start with a niche about on something, you speak directly to people. That's a lot more effective than if you have this like more broad podcast that people don't really know who you are so because of that one adulting advice is growing but basically that show we give advice about getting through adulthood like so general but it's so much fun
0: right and here we are because so much fits under the umbrella so welcome to my world as well which is uh which is a kind of a wide umbrella to talk about a lot of cool things and i know who's here right? I know it's like the same. It's the people that are just like me, right? They're interested in these things. But on the topic of adulting advice is a pain point of mine that I heard you talking about on your podcast. And I think I like strategies And your podcast topic was really around strategies to end inbox overwhelm. So for me, I try to take as much out of my inbox as possible because it's like a black hole of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's a black hole of time suck, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So. I'd love for you to tell us and to share when you decided to implement these things that help you manage this beast, which is an essential part of having online businesses mm-hmm. or life because email is kind of a thing like, hello, it's been around forever, but it really does grow into quite a beast, right? And so I'm curious when you decided to implement these strategies and I'm ready for you to bestow them upon us. <laughs> Well, I don't really remember exactly when I did it. And it it was kind of like
1: evolved. I added a strategy and added a strategy over time. But when I first started my job, it's all I did. I moved to America. I wasn't allowed to work. I didn't have anything and I got a job. So I had one thing on my plate. And when I had one thing on my plate, I could live in my inbox. And it was like a super productive thing for me to do. But then I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that and I wanted to be on YouTube and I wanted to do podcasts and that takes a lot of time. Dude, it's a lot of work to make all that stuff. So, you know, if I really want to create all these things and finish work at a reasonable hour and not be like worried or anxious about any of it, I really needed to get my inbox in check because like you said, it's a massive time suck and You can just get distracted by it all the time. And it can also just be an unorganized way of doing things. If you allow it to be like your main to-do list. Right. It's very reactionary. It's very reactionary. People lose things on it all the time. So
0: are you ready for them? I'm ready for them. Drop them on us.
1: Okay. The first one is called the Monday inbox. Yours can be whatever day of the week you want it to be. Mine is Monday. And that is where... It's the only folder I have in my inbox. I don't have a folder system. I don't have time for a folder system. I just have time for one folder labeled Monday. And if anything comes in that could totally wait till Monday, which is like my deep dive email work day, it gets dragged into that. And I'll go and look at that on Monday. And that's the day where I allocate the opportunity to get like bogged down in this stuff. And turns out when you allocate that time and you let them build up, you kind of can smash them all out in about an hour. But if you just let it like tackle them all day long when you don't need to, that's just rubbish, really. So I find if I need to address it today, I'll address it today. And if I don't, I drag it over to the Monday inbox. And I think it's really game changing because it's out of sight, out of mind. And then on my task management software, which we'll get to every Monday, it I have a task to go through the Monday inbox. Mm,
0: Got it. Awesome. Okay. So recapping, there's like other systems and never, and I've started to implement these because I think I hate my email. I would like to have this make it more manageable, but this is, it's like my favorite, one of my quotes that I used to have hanging up in my office was if this was easy, what would it look like? And so one folder. Can this wait? You know how this is. It's like you open things. And I don't know if you have this problem, but if I open something on my phone, which I should probably take my email off my phone, but you know, that's not realistic always. Um, (laughs) If I open things on my phone, I probably might forget to respond to it. I'm not intentionally forgetting anyone. I have like things built in so I can try to reply to them, but that's the thing. It's like I add a star to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) when really I should like put it in a folder called whatever day that is. Now, I have a question. What if you decide to go on vacation on Monday? Do you like push it off for two weeks? I know this doesn't need to be official, right? But like, that's what will happen to me. I'll put something on an open day where I'm not seeing clients. And then if I'm gone, I'll push it off. And so I wonder if you just like, when the task comes due, because what you're saying is you abide by your task management. I wonder if you just like set a different due date. And like you said, you can crack through it pretty quickly, but I'm getting into the weeds here. So do you mean specifically what if I push back going through that inbox? Sure. Like if you're on vacation on the day you allotted to go through it, how do you catch up? Yeah. So the fourth thing
1: on the list is vacation and how I manage vacation. That's like a very specific one. And we'll see if I can answer it in that question. Awesome. Moving moving on to number two then. Okay. The 2 p.m. cutoff. So once you've moved everything in to your Monday inbox, you're left with things that you should probably just address today. And that doesn't mean getting like doing the task that the email requires, right? It doesn't mean definitely responding to the person necessarily. It's just like doing the thing you need to do with an email. Look, you shouldn't be using email as a chat system, right? So if you're getting an email, it really should have a task or an action in it that you need to do. So you're like taking the information out of that email, putting it in your task management software, or you're responding to that person. Like whatever you're doing, you're doing it before. For me, it's 2 p.m. I think that's a really good time. So anything that comes in after 2 p.m., doesn't need to be dealt with until 2 p.m. tomorrow. So basically your main inbox is like your 24-hour inbox, but it's not your right here, right now inbox. Because if someone expects me to reply to something in less than 24 hours, I think that that's like a really big ask. So yeah, if it comes in before 2 p.m., you deal with it however it needs to be dealt with and then it's marked as red. And if it comes in after 2 p.m., you are under no obligation to deal
0: with it. And that's what works for me. And some people could probably get away with 10 a.m., the o'clock. Or we could just reverse it too. Like if I wake up and I get into my email inbox, I'm not as productive as if I get up and don't fill my brain with it. So in theory, the 2 p.m. cutoff could be like, I'm not going to check my email until after 2 p.m. when my brain is starting to not be in its best space. You have to know when the best, most creative space for you is, right? Or whatever, or however you handle it, right? Like you've gotten this down to a science for you. And then yeah. for me, I think, oh, I don't really want to check it very early. So maybe 2 p.m. where I am maybe a start, like maybe my cutoff is something else, but like maybe I don't even want to check my email until that time. And that's when I'm going to just handle it for the day or whatever my end of day thing is, because... Email is more of like a procrastination thing for me, right? It's sort of like opening social media. It's like opening email. It's like, I don't want to get this thing done that I need to do, which is why I do so well with one-on-one appointments on my calendar because I'm very accountable to them. (laughs) So anyway, but if it's like a little task, before you know it, you have all this time gone. If I started in the morning, so you can like flip this to however it seems to work best for you. And that's part of talking through it is like, what are like little strategies we can use that like, if you hadn't thought about how you're most productive, then this alone could be game changing. What if I just don't even open it or allow myself to open it until later or after a certain point.
1: And that can be hard for a lot of people like, I don't have the self-discipline. Truthfully, when you actually have enough stuff on your plate, the self-discipline comes in. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like having a good reason. As they say, if you want to get something done efficiently, hire a working mom. Like when you're determined enough to get all these things done, that's when this discipline comes into play. And I think as well, yes, it's great to have a time, like I'm not going to check my stuff until after a certain time, but the cutoff period is my go-to because it's kind of like a different It's like, it is sort of the opposite problem, yeah. So if you have an easy time shutting your computer at the end of the day, then maybe, yeah, you need to have a rule about when you look at your stuff, your inbox. But for me, I need a rule for when I stop. So yeah, good point.
0: Love it. And as you said... I've used task management softwares in the past and now I've really gotten to where we're using it more religiously for processes and things that repeat. Mm. And it's nice because it pulls it up. And that's where my email will stay open is because it's been functioning as like, oh yeah, I need to do these things. It's cuz there's no set aside time to do them. And so until I implement Danny's processes, right? It's like it's kind of like, I am a person, I don't know what you're like, those of us that have a lot of tabs open in our computers. And there's those of us that are tab closers and it like makes gives them anxiety when they see my 20 tabs open. Those tab tabs closer. are like, are like folders in my brain of like, I don't want to close this because then I'll forget to do it in general. So if it's open, it's like, this is still an unfinished task. No. And so email will tend to stay open in general, which is sort of like, eventually my computer's like, so tired, can't work, restart. And so then it's like, oh, I guess those things didn't matter. (laughs) Yes. That's like, if you have a tab that's been open for
1: like more than a day, do you really need it open? (laughs) I'm getting anxiety just thinking about that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Number three is the communication style. I think a big problem a lot of us have is just that We're emailing people, we're not making sense, we're not being clear, they're asking for more clarification. And there's way more back and forth than needs to happen in emails. Like I said, it's not a chat system. Mm -hmm. You're writing letters to each other, you know, like back in pre email days, people were very good at writing their letters because they knew that they needed to get all the information across because they were only going to be able to hear from each other like once a week, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And you need to maintain that and be short to the point and utilize formatting. I so strongly believe that if you are a really great communicator in your email, people are going to open your emails more. Like your colleagues and team, they're going to actually read your emails because they can rely on you to not make them think too hard.
0: Mm.
1: You're going to get faster results from your emails because they're not asking for clarification. People fully understand. You only have to tell them to do something once you're being clear and direct which is kind and it's also just better for workplace relationships because people appreciate it when you're nice to them and when you're communicating clearly because it makes them not feel like an idiot so this looks like getting to the point quickly no fluff i think i'd like to see this just like this is what i'm thinking this is my recommendation what are your thoughts this is the due date and details in bullet points. And if I'm asking a question, like if I send those occasional emails and you need to give clarifying context before you ask your question, you give the clarifying context as simply as you can. So it's easy to understand you bold or highlight the main actual question that you're looking for in your answer and you're done. So people aren't like, how many times have you read an email and you're like, but what are they actually asking me? Mm -hmm. Or what does this say? Like my head is struggling to understand. So yeah, I think you'll be way more effective and it will rub off on other people when you are clear and concise without being, you know, I've definitely gotten feedback from people that I can be very short and it can come across the wrong way. I've worked on that with people by adding smiley faces and exclamation marks because apparently
0: that's what we do. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, yeah, I've learned that as well because I take all one-on-one clients out of email and we have exchanges via our secure portal, which is appropriate for one. That's when I'm in the headspace to do it for two, three, I have access to their records, So it's like appropriate and it's secure and it is the most appropriate thing. Right. And so that's where we have conversation, but I also like, it's not going to be a full consult via the message or i've learned through experience where i've tried to like be long where something just doesn't come off as well in writing as it would with the inflection in your voice so someone may misinterpret it so if there's a touchy subject i literally say we are not talking about this here. We are going to talk about it on the phone. So it's not misconstrued. And then I see this also, and I don't know if other people experience this, but I'll have people who are like the main way to work with someone is I feel that I must have this introductory call, right? Because it allows me to understand your story, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to have a conversation via email, right? But unfortunately some people like still that they just t- to, and this is no like fault of anyone's, but it literally, this is what I think of when you're talking about it. It's like people sometimes will send you a very long history and I'm like, I can't do anything with this here. <laughs> it's, yeah. a lot of, it's a lot of context. So I think it's good for us to all, because I've done the same thing. I've also been the person on the other end where I've probably done that. And so yeah. I think this is a good comment. And it took you a long time to say bullet points when you were talking about number three communication style, but it's all I could think about the whole time. And then you finally bullet said point. bullet points. And so I was like, okay, that's what she meant oh, there. Yeah. And so I, I think, uh, what if we thought email. about bullet points? <laughs> yeah, I definitely email more efficiently than I speak. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure, I could see. I mean, I could feel that. I feel <laughs> called out by that comment, maybe. <laughs> so it's fine.
1: Yeah. Bullet points, I think, are just the key. Bullet points, highlighting, italics, bolds. Utilize that stuff, guys. It's really right. helpful. Spaces, no long paragraphs. Right. And you're going to be great to go. All right. T right. L D R, too long, didn't read. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. You can add those in. The vacation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: really important. Most people are. Communicating with people who don't care that you're on a vacation. We're in this world where people think it's just easier to CC you. It's safer to CC you on email. It's safer to send you this email. I get it. I think it's way better for you to communicate that you're on vacation. The first thing I do is tell people, guys, I'm away. And I'm not talking to clients, right? I'm talking to my team, but you can definitely do this in a different way for clients. But when it comes to my team, I'm on vacation, don't send me your reports. Please hold questions for when I get back. Like keep yourself Google Doc of questions for me or wait till the next meeting. So if you have, and you can use this outside of vacation, you can use this at all times really, but if you have a meeting coming up with the person that you're speaking to within a week, can it wait till that meeting? And can you keep an agenda? I have agendas for all my meetings. So if a question comes up, and I feel like it can wait, I'll put it on that agenda, which is like to your point of it's easier to have a conversation about it. That's exactly what that's for. So I have a 30-minute team meeting every Tuesday. There's like six of us on there and everyone gets five minutes to sort of like give their high level, ask their questions to each other, and then we're done. And then I'll have like monthly or biweekly, depending a one-on-one meeting that might go for an hour where we're talking about specific projects with people, but they can bring their questions to that meeting. So I know I'm going to be in a question answering headspace on that day within that hour and they're not having to send me a bunch of emails. So it's been like a bit of training for the team to get used to not just sending an email for whatever question they have and getting used to it. But I implement that process weekly and for vacation. So It's really communicating people with people, letting them know you're expecting to catch up with them and hear their questions when you get back. And, you know, your autoresponder, you can have emails delete if you want, and you can say, I won't be receiving this email until I get back. Please resend it. And now people's inboxes have schedulers built in so you can ask people to schedule emails. And if you want people to treat you that way, it's also just important that you do the same for them. So I always wait till my colleagues are back from their vacations so I can ask them their questions. Yeah, communication, reporting, can it wait till the next meeting?
0: It's a good point as well. I have one team meeting weekly with one team member and then not necessarily with others. And I think a lot of things do get lost. And so until you figure this out, like if you have several people, it is nice to just have that Touch point because it's so much different to have those real touch points versus this messaging back and forth. There's just a lot lost there. So I think a lot could be said for experimenting with that because as I've let some of those other team meetings go by the wayside, it's like this has become less efficient overall, right? Um, Yeah. And then
1: you feel like when you're getting in the meeting, you feel like this meeting is a waste of time because you've already spoken about everything or whatever. But when you do it like this, you actually look forward to your meetings a bit more because
0: you know they're going to be different, more valuable. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So we've got the Monday inbox, the 2 p.m. cutoff. So like not needing to reply in it more than every 24 hours, essentially, kind of. Communication style, being clear and concise and in bullet points. Vacation, just communicating well about not needing a comment every time something's in your brain or being respectful of each other's time and energy and like just kind of compiling those questions for a while, especially if there's a team meeting. And then what's number five? Last one is using your task management tool. If you don't have some kind of task management tool,
1: even if it's like writing it down on a planner, I don't know how you are functioning in your life. So I definitely started day one with a handwritten planner and now I have a full-blown project management tool with like team management capabilities. There are so many options out there. It's ridiculous. Asana,
0: Basecamp, Airtasker, Trello, Trello. I just saw a new one today. Monday.com. Monday. There's so many com. more. There's like Trello and Asana are the OGs. And then it's like a million things, especially if you're going to look for a new one because I was using Trello forever and I just moved to Asana recently because of... I was going to ask oh, what oh, you really. Yeah, I use Trello forever and we're, there's still some lagging things going on there. And it's interesting because we've used it for anytime I've onboarded someone, there's like literally like... Basically, it's like having columns of post-it notes. And so you can tag people, you can put labels on it with labels by color, by name, put due dates on it, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But it's mostly in this card format or post-it note lists of Mm post-it notes. So I used it a lot for, I'd like put assets in there, passwords, which is not, you know, now we use LastPass for sharing passwords. So we would use this, but sometimes I wouldn't get back into it. And so where Asana shines a little bit higher is it has the same functionalities as Trello, but it has more. You can format things differently. So it can be in a list. It can be an account. I can do one click. And as long as I like make things do, and we have a recurrent podcast machine that we were just optimized completely, right? Right not that anyone cares how this stuff works, but I think Denny might. So anyways, (laughs) we have a podcast machine that we've created and optimized and improved recently because we've always had a machine, but sometimes I was a bit of a bottleneck in it. And so we tried to remove the bottleneck. So it worked more smoothly, more efficiently, which is great for everyone, right? And don't spend too much time on something that can be more efficient. Mm -hmm. And so essentially what it has is recurring things that happen each week. We make a new copy of the card for every episode. And so what it does is it, if I would look at the calendar version, It allows me to, like, I can see it in task form. I can do one click and I can see what is on my calendar for this week alone, right? And like, when is it due? So I can schedule it in properly. So I think also it took me a while to get to this point where I was using it. Because before it was like, oh, I'll just look at it when I need to look at it. Or we used it for creation of, let's say, social media things, Trello. And I still haven't transitioned those couple boards over, but whatever, it's fine. But like the task management is like calendar view, not just a list, but like the cards kind of like Trello also list. And also I don't use content. Kanban system, but like a Kanban-ish and maybe Trello is a Kanban, but there's at least four or five different things and I don't use them all. But for some people, it's like, I like to look at things this way or this way. And with one click, you can switch it around. And there's just more deep functionality, depending on like, once you get a lot of balls moving, there's deeper functionality. Now that's a business aspect, right? I'm not putting my personal life there which is good and fine and whatever. I kind of use my Google calendar for my personal life. And if I didn't have my digital calendar, I would die because I don't know how you sure. think about things. Um, but I'm thinking about someone who is maybe not at the point where they need all of that. Like we can go back to a planner or like a fridge calendar or whatever, yeah, like right? Wanda list or whatever it's called now, Like it's very oh, right. simple. There are also just very simple to do list apps, right? right. I've used yeah. those as well, but you know, I needed to like start to just get everything integrated into one place. You know, I just thought of this. I should integrate my Asana into my Google calendar since I live on the Google calendar. And then if yeah. I saw all those tasks, I don't know if that would be positive or negative. So but. my entire life is in Asana. Mm-hmm. There
1: is no separation. Yes, I'm very reliant on my calendar for schedules, but when it comes to work, like tasks, to-dos, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about Asana is that you can hit my tasks and everything you need to do from every aspect of your life is filtered in one list. Just Mm -hmm. gives you this high level overview of everything I have going on. And then I can very easily be like, oh, whoops, I put way too much stuff on Tuesday. Slide it around. Slide it around. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about abiding by the due dates, guys. Mm -hmm. Like It's not about, oh, it's got a due date and I suck if I don't. Reach it. No, it's just about
0: putting it on the board in a safe place so it never gets lost. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what it's about. It's the discipline of going back there and making sure you go to it. And that's like, that's built. I think I must not have grown up with enough discipline because I'm sort of like a let me just work that, but like the more disciplined you are, the more freedom you have. And I think it's important to qualify this because. I remember years ago doing like many classes on like, get shit done. And we make too long of a to-do list. And then we're frustrated because we only get like a few things done. It's because we're chronically unrealistic. It's good for one to realize what being chronically unrealistic is because we can continue to refine and actually spell out what is accomplishable. And we can't be kicking ourselves for what's not like, we literally are trying to tell ourselves we can't do things. So anyway, like you said, it'll pull up the task list. And then I can say, yes, of course, like this actually wasn't like, we put this on here for the, Moment, but now this isn't as important. So let's like just push it down a couple of weeks. But at least then it's still safe because otherwise it ends up being I was living in boxer too much with team, and so like things were just getting lost. It wasn't outlining clear expectations, and so mm-hmm. I find that I have to continually say to all of us, let's make sure we get that on our tasks and put a due date. And when I'm meeting with my team, who maybe someone else has their a different board open, I'll just say, hey, will you just go ahead and assign that to me for this date? And so it's all like you know, because you have to know thyself. Let's not like let this drop because if it yeah. didn't get written down, if it's not on a calendar, <laughs> it's never going to happen. That's a very good point. And so I probably had to work on the discipline for a little
1: bit there, but I knew I was getting to a point where it's was like, I have no choice. Like this is the way, this is the way to freedom. Mm-hmm. And you should put everything on that task management thing. Like minute detail. This isn't about putting like a huge, finish this project task on there. It's like finish all the tasks within this project one by one and be moving them back. And everything has a date on it because you just will forget. And it's okay to push them back, but do not trust your mind. Your mind is not helpful. Your task management software is. And so you're so right. It's just about that discipline of as soon as it comes up, you got to put it somewhere so it doesn't float away.
0: There's a couple tips here. The first one is that if you continue to push something back, maybe it's not on your heart, but also what I found myself doing was it was actually too big. Like if the task is more than 10 minutes, it needs to be cut down to 10 to 20 minute sections. Like if it's like a half a day task, that's not a task. It needs to be, that's a project. I know this feels like so much for those who love to cross the things off until you put it in like tiny pieces, Mm -hmm. you probably ain't going to do it because it's just too big. And so it's like, I don't have time. Like, yeah. I mean, you have to know yourself. And the other thing is, again, knowing yourself, if this feels a little bit overwhelming and we are getting into some other weeds, which is good for some people. And maybe for some people, this isn't a good fit for them right now. Regardless, the biggest game changer for me recently was what I've learned is it's great to have people on your team or that you work with that complement your own strengths. So like I might have my strengths, but it's best for me to have people on my team that are very type A. And that are very good at like schedule completion schedule completion and my business manager recently said she said people overestimate what they can do i'm going to paraphrase but it's going to be along the same line they overestimate what they can do in a day and underestimate what they can do in a year mm. and i thought ooh, i need to sit on that for a moment because we're really like that and so having that meeting with her where we're continually working on and refining and like literally it took us three months of like getting through of like the mountain of crap I'd already accumulated for myself before we were able to get to like a feel good place. Mm-hmm. But I'm just being super honest, right? It's like, sometimes like you've kind of created like an ugly pile. It's like this storage room project I have. It's like, should I do that this week? Should I get some help to do that? Because if I do it, like I might just start to feel overwhelmed. Like I might not get it done. Cause it's literally, it's like dumping. And in, like this, it's like dumping off half of a basement on top of myself. If I pull everything out, like, will I get it done without help? And so this is my point. It's really a similar parallel from home life to work life. Like if you're feeling overwhelmed, it's like it was time to get help in a way that like complimented me because it's not, I had hired, you know, at least four people this year. But what you learn is like everyone has strengths. And so my point is, is if you can do some Personality testing to help you find like the people that are like compliment you well or like understand what's not working when you work with someone Like you could look at this in your relationships in your marriage and whatnot It's like what works well here. What doesn't work well here and it's just being aware of it Like it's not a good or bad thing. It's like, oh cool This is where we jive and this is where we don't So let me lean in more into the jiving and like make these things work together and lean more out of the things that don't work And like get outside help for those things. So yeah, I Totally agree. Like we basically talked about inbox management for anyone,
1: whether you have a team or not. But Mm -hmm. when you do have a team, I mean, when everyone shows up to work, they show up first and foremost as a human being
0: Mm.
1: filled with faults and strengths and weaknesses. And you kind of need to get good at knowing who needs what. And sometimes it's easiest to just have you know, this one very set way of being clear and concise with everyone, but also you just might have this absolute rock star unicorn team member, which is usually a business manager. That's like, they're always unicorns. Mm-hmm. And then you have like the copywriter who's just like, you know,
0: awesome, kind of useful. Able
1: awesome useful and also like needs help with deadlines like reminders and stuff like that and you are just used to who needs a bit more and who needs a bit less but when you have all the tools in place you create the space for yourself to be able to do that because the people management there are no tools for that
0: mm-hmm. like
1: uh In terms of their emotions and stuff.
0: (laughs) And this is minutia. And I think the one thing that helps here, if you're feeling like we're getting a little blurry and like your eyes are starting to cross here (laughs) is to back up and say, what always helps is like, how do I want to feel every day? How do I want to? And one of my favorite exercises that I did pretty recently, and it helped change everything, helped me hire new people was just drawing a line through the middle of a piece of paper and saying like, what do I love doing? What is my zone of genius? And what do I dread doing? And what is like making me feel like I have a hundred pounds on my back? Just listing those things underneath of that was so great because it's like, I knew they were there. Like as your mindset changes and as you grow, you slowly start to realize all of the things that you hate doing are open for negotiation, right? They could be changed possibly. Yes, sometimes they need to be done, but is there some other way to accomplish them? Sort of like inbox management. Is there another way to accomplish this where it doesn't feel like it's just something you're carrying around and you're like, I hate doing this every day. And it kind of makes you not look forward to your day. If you back up and say, how do I want to feel? every day and you kind of remind yourself of this the reason people don't move toward goals is because we're not reminded of them like i have crap kind of pasted all over my office a little bit because it's like, I know I need those reminders and I need to have a day where I go through and like just move around things. Mm. Cause I am of the mind where you continue to optimize and improve things. And that's just personality type, I think a little bit, but you don't have to fix something that's not broken. But if you don't feel your best doing it, then you might as well like continue to figure out how to make it work. If you can't move the needle, you got to continue to figure out how you make it work. It's not there. This is like life. This is like what we are called to do, right? Is figure out how to do things in a little bit better way, I guess. Yeah. That's how I feel. Just like stop
1: settling for feeling like crap, right? And, and figure out a way to like re-motivate
0: and enjoy these things, right? Yeah. Cool. Danny, this kind of became a lot of different things, which is yeah, great. Sorry about that. Not, no, it's good. I think <laughs> it was good. I hope it was useful for someone. You have to let us know in the reviews or on speakpipe at lessstresslife.com. But Danny, where can people find you? or should they find you online? Yeah, come listen to conversations about this
1: kind of stuff at Adulting Advice is probably the best place. And then
0: I'm Danny Sheriff on Instagram where I just like draw pictures and chat with you guys over there. Yeah. And that is fun thing. Cause it's like different things in your feed and it's good stuff. That's where I originally found Danny as well. So hey. awesome. Thanks so much, Danny. And thank we'll you. you Bye.